how can I overcome teacher guilt? It's not a silly question. Let's find a quiet space and grab a cuppa for a little spiritual soul time out with me, Carly Thompson, as we talk about teacher guilt and self-compassion. If you are anything like me, you wrestle with teacher guilt, that feeling of there's always more to do, yet I don't have enough time to do it. Every time we say yes to more teacher tasks that are usually unpaid hours, (laughs) we are saying no to family and friends and our personal well-being. But how do we fight that teacher guilt? How do we let go of it and just trust the process and the journey of teaching? Sometimes this teaching journey where we feel the teacher guilt is not a journey upwards or forwards, but it's one where we get caught up in a cycle. We're going around and around and around. And whenever there is a cycle that is happening, that means we need to do something intentional to break that cycle. What we often feel as teachers is a cycle of shame and then guilt. We feel ashamed that we haven't been able to do all the things that we even know in our head is impossible to achieve. All the individual education plans that children need, all the time that they need one-on-one with us, all the extra paperwork that we need to do, the programming, all of it. I could go on, but I don't want to. I don't want to uh, weigh you down in this time. We know all of it's there, and we never achieve all of it, do we? We can't. It is an impossible bar to reach. And when that shame is there of not being enough, of not being good enough, of thinking that we are failing as teachers, then we begin to feel guilty when we put boundaries in place for ourselves. Boundaries are healthy. And I chat about this a little bit more in episode four, if you want to go back and have a listen. However, sometimes the teacher guilt wins. And what we end up doing is we, instead of spending time with our families, our loved ones, doing things for self-care purposes, things for enjoyment, we find ourselves huddled up, marking books, doing programs, writing IEPs in the time that has actually been allocated for us to rest. While we are doing that, Yes, we are ticking the teacher box, but we are carrying a different kind of guilt, guilt that we are not tending to those other things that are so incredibly important. As human beings, we are not just teachers. We are people. We need to tend to the self-care parts of our interior life. We need to tend to our social and emotional relationships. These things are a part of what makes us who we are. They are so important. Your spiritual life, important. Your family, friendships and relationships, important. Your self-care, important. Your teaching is just one part of who you are. One of the best practices for overcoming guilt and breaking free of the cycle of shame and guilt is self-compassion. 
In her book, Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging and connection. So we feel the shame and we spiral into guilt, which she also says is an emotion we experience when we fall short of our own expectations or standards. However, with guilt, our focus is on having done something wrong. And that something wrong is not doing all the things, right? (laughs) Now, we could pause here and talk about all the unrealistic, unfair expectations on teachers, time, but for our soul's sake, I'm not going to go there. Let's chat instead on how we can move forward and away from shame and guilt into self-compassion. In her book, I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet, Shauna Nequist describes self-compassion as treating yourself with the same care and kindness you'd show to someone you love. This isn't something that comes naturally to us. We often tear ourselves down, judge ourselves, berate ourselves for things that we have not done. Self-compassion, Shauna writes, is letting yourself off the hook. It's letting yourself be human and flawed and also amazing. It's giving yourself credit for showing up instead of beating yourself up because you took so long to get there. The research on this topic is overwhelmingly clear. The energy of self-compassion fuels so much more change. When we shame ourselves, when we live in guilt or we self-loathe, we do not have effective change in our lives. Self-compassion brings about more effective change. And right here is our why. Why should we choose self-compassion over shame or guilt or self-loathing? Because it will more likely bring about change in you. And don't you long for that? To be able to sit down and catch up with a friend without thinking or feeling guilty about all the work you have not done, about going away for the holidays and actually taking a break with no guilt. How amazing would that be? So why not give self-compassion a try? It's a journey, it's a slow process, but it does bring about change. Also in her book, Brene Brown refers to a researcher called Kristen Neff, and she has three elements of self-compassion that I'd love to explore with you today. The first one is self-kindness versus self-judgment. It just means not harshly criticizing oneself anymore. Every time you feel that harshness coming up, consider how Would I say this to a friend? Would I speak to a close friend like this? Gently and lovingly be aware of those thoughts that are harsh or critical or self-judging and show yourself kindness. Number two is common humanity versus isolation. I love this one because it shakes off that idea that everyone is perfect because no one is Um, Everybody loves to put out that beautiful, perfect social media or that even holding face in front of people that life is perfect and good and I'm okay because that's what we do as professionals and in front of kids. But no one actually is. We all experience pain in our lives. 
We are not isolated in that. Please know that you are not alone in this journey. We all experience pain and suffering and hardship in our own unique ways. You are not alone. Number three is mindfulness versus over-identification. This simply means maintaining a non-biased awareness of experiences, even those that are painful, rather than ignoring or exaggerating their effect. And if you want to read a little bit more about Kirsten's work, or even take her compassion inventory, you can check her out at www.selfcompassion.org and you can have a little bit more awareness of where you're at with your self-compassion. So now we're aware of self-compassion, where do we start? (laughs) A great question. I am not a psychologist and only offer research-based thoughts and opinions. So seeking a professional is always the best place to start. Though there are some things I have learned unique to my journey that may also be helpful. The first one is self-care. Self-care is a part of self-compassion. Making sure you are getting enough sleep, nutritious food, movement, social and solitude time. Giving yourself permission to put these in place to care for your needs above the needs of your class and work. You need these to maintain a healthy body, soul and mind. It is very important to look after you. It is not a selfish thing. It is a loving thing for you and those around you. Number two is to acknowledge you are and always will be perfectly imperfect. (laughs) We are merely humans making mistakes, falling short, flawed. We all are. It's kind of like our favourite characters in a book. But like them, our story, if we do the work, our flaws change. We grow slowly, almost unrecognisably until one day we wake up and realise we are different. Hold close to Jesus in these moments of seeing our perfectly imperfect moments. Hold on to the truth that you are held and loved by Him. You are completely forgiven. Other people do not get to define who you are. Jesus does. He knows you. He created you and He's walking this journey with you. Hold to this truth. When you find yourself saying awful things, think about the way Jesus would speak to you. He would show you loving kindness. He would remind you of who you are. Hold to that truth. Do not continue to beat yourself up. And I know I'm a little bit guilty of this, so I'm, I'm on the journey of self-compassion. But gently redirect your thinking. Show yourself kindness. The Word of God also reminds us to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience in Colossians 3.12. This is both an inward and outward stance. As we tend to our interior lives, it overflows outwardly. So next time you sense the claws of teacher guilt grappling at your heart and mind, practice some self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Understand that you are only human, just like all of us, and you are not alone. 
Talk to yourself as you would a child. When I feel teacher guilt, I'll ask myself, how would I speak to a friend or a child in this situation? I will gently and kindly reframe the way I speak to myself when teacher guilt arises. When I feel teacher guilt, I will ask myself, what do I really want in this moment? I will take care of my basic needs, sleep, good food, movement, being social and having times of solitude are all so important to my interior life. I will clothe myself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience so that I can clothe others in these too. Thanks for joining me today for episode 12 of It's Not a Silly Question, a spiritual soul time out for teachers. I hope you found this episode good for your soul. And if you did, I'd love you to leave a review or share it with a teacher friend. And I'd also love to hear from you. How are you going? Are some of these practices helpful for you? Have you been able to grow or change or just feel a little differently by applying them? You can email me at carly at carlythompson.com or direct message me in Instagram at carlythompson underscore faithrightteach. Remember to show yourself some compassion today. It is a slow and loving change to the way you speak to and care for yourself, but it works and is far more powerful in creating change than shaming, feeling guilt or self-loathing. Be kind to you. Allow me to leave you with a quote from Kristen Neff on self-compassion. Remember that if you really want to motivate yourself, love is more powerful than fear.